0: Welcome to another episode of Great Workday, a podcast interview that's all about gaining more joy, and better results in the workplace with me, Ella Bates, Skills Trainer. Now, today we're discussing the isolating danger of the lack of physicality being with oppers in the workplace. And it's my absolute pleasure to introduce you to our guest today, Raisa Chernyshenko. Churnash- I hope I've got that right, Raisa. Perfect. <laughs> she's she's a certified traditional Japanese shayatsu masseuse for over 20 years. Through a massive list of holistic services and wellness classes, she encourages all her clients, and which we'll do today too, to regularly tune into your own bodies to achieve that greater well being. She's also a certified practitioner in advanced facial intelligence and Nystar, a nine star key energetic interpreter. She's now incorporating this into her coaching of individuals, couples, families who seek that greater understanding of their strengths, the challenges, and the gifts through her very own business, Hand to Heart Healing at hansaheartbeam.com. Now, not only that, she's also a dear friend of mine, Raisa's absolute pleasure to have you on the show with us today. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much. What an enthusiastic intro- introduction. <laughs> <laughs> and absolutely, because you've got some really important things to say, and you shared this really beautiful quote with me uh, that was, if there was more touch in the world, there would be less disease and fewer wo- fewer wars. Please share with How does that affect us in the workplace? What does this quote really mean? Gosh, well, I came across
1: it. I was quite struck by it. It was um, apparently spoken to by a CEO of Johnson & Johnson, Jim Berg, to Tiffany Field, who's a PhD and one of the world's leading researchers in touch with the Miami Touch Research Institute. And um, uh, it struck me because it's, it's so true that touch deprivation leads what touches the very first um, sense that we develop in the womb and so deprivation Has been shown through both anecdotally, but just through research over the years, decades, generations, um, through various periods of time, how important it is for survival, basic survival, because with without that um, stroking of the skin, the touch receptors, um, we can develop all kinds of um, difficulties with um, focusing with, with. with with socialization so socialization is very essential for us so in the workplace how this might translate is the lack of touch that we've seen especially in the last couple of years Um, it could lead to higher rates higher levels of cortisol which then leads to higher stress a aggressive behavior Body image issues, high stress levels, loneliness—those are those are some of the signs that you could be suffering from touch deprivation. Mental health issues, um, fear of attachment. So we've seen evidence with people having been isolated so much from their either their workplace if they're used to a workplace, or even within their own homes if they're um, only or if they're living alone, not working with anybody. That sense of um just
0: despondence perhaps uh is that something you've seen in in anybody you know it is 100 myself included as you know know, i've been reaching out to more and more people to to get that that proximity to to people being an extrovert i know i'm very much energized by other people but in the workplace specifically from our conversations what sometimes we don't realize is the amount of physical touch we actually get from our peers and while we're not, might not be in the, you know, the hugging scenarios and things like that. There's also shaking of the hands, the passing of the back, the the high-fiving, the mm. fist bumps or even the, the elbow bumps no are yeah, to come
1: to do. Just incidental touch. You're missing the incidental touch of just passing someone, lightly touching them on the back, mm. handing them a cup of coffee, perhaps touching their hand. There's so many ways in which we don't realize we receive incidental touch as opposed mm. to intentional touch during the course of our day, um, even in the workplace. Of course, Prior to this, there were, there were more and more rules, societal rules about touch because of the, the growing fears of, uh, of uh, sexual harassment and the association with touch and, uh, um, you know, personal boundary.
0: Right. So
1: I think it, it's time that we addressed that this pendulum has, the fact that this pendulum has swung so far into a place where we have all these we have more rules around touch that just keep us from interacting as social beings. We really mm. really are social beings. So if we could find some some norm, some resting place or, or happy medium where it's safe to express what our personal boundaries are around touch, but be okay with that. Be asking asking for permission around touch. You don't know what constantly be asking for. Can I touch you lightly on the back? No, but... <laughs> 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 um, you know, the, we we really—it's time for us to recognize that not all of us crave attachment. There are people who, from even childhood, you know that there are, there are some babies who just simply aren't really cuddly babies. Mm-hmm. But a huge percentage of us uh, really crave attachment and. Um, touch of some kind and uh with uh, with the last two years what seems to have happened is the people in studies that they've done the people who were more aware of their need for touch became even more craving of touch and interaction with people whereas the people who were perhaps right. less attached and didn't think that they needed touch to that degree became even less more isolated and more mm-hmm. withdrawn Mm-hmm. So that's, apparently they say 60% of um, of Americans are were touch-deprived during the pandemic, even though 47% of them were living with others.
0: And well, because only- we were isolating from each other, mm-hmm. whether that's, yeah. you know, your, your kitchen became your office space and the children weren't allowed in, and we're, we're fearful if somebody's gone to the store just in case they've caught something from the store. And, you know, if you're watching or listening to this um, uh, past 2022, Um, This was during COVID, but this is going to have long lasting effects. And as you said, we've now got this hyper self-awareness of can we hug people that we used to hug? Can we shake? Has the handshake gone? Like, has it disappeared? And it was so very important. I was reading um, Mel Robbins' High Five book just a few days ago, which if anyone hasn't read it, I, I highly recommend it. I'm no way affiliated with Mel But I do recognize that she mirrors what you have to say there, Rice, in the fact that it's actually a basic human need. But when we have that that actual physicality of high fiving someone or even sometimes ourselves in the mirror, it actually produces all these beautiful hormones Mm -hmm. that helps with the disease. Tell us a little bit more about the science behind that. How does how does the touch stop disease and stop wars i mean that's, that's a yes. huge thing to say but it, we yes, know it's it true be i fact. didn't
1: quite address that it's really it's how when, it, when our skin moves through touch even just movement um it's exerting a pressure on receptors Receptor, touch receptors are stimulated which then slows the heart rate and um, controls the blood pressure and leads to a release of cortisol which which gives us better control over our um our stress hormones which we really very much
0: need i mean yeah so. there's some ridiculous statistics out there that over 60 of us are feeling that high stress and overwhelm at, at home and in the workplace as a result of of, of the trauma experience yeah which COVID. is kind
1: of why my my passion my my goal or mission at this time is to get people to uh, be more aware of touch in their relationships with their family members, their friends, right from infancy straight to the through to the senior years, especially the senior years. But if we can keep that hands on component to our in our relationship with our family members, with our children, everybody loves touching and hugging little babies, but there's a certain stage where we've kind of been socialized to think that, oh, you're not, you know, you're too old to sit on the lap now, you're too old for snuggles. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But if we can even keep, if we can even use eye contact and, and this is something that could be used especially for people to be aware of in the workplace is if we could even combine a gentle touch with direct eye contact so powerful it's very grounding and it is it's a especially good way to simply get your either your point across or just connect very deeply with that person so say you're having right. a teenage teenager who's having a rough rough go of it and you just need to get their attention from them lay your hand on their shoulder look them directly on the eyes Um, studies have shown that two touches if you're if you're hoping to get compliance with something perhaps uh requesting something either in the workplace or at home to not one touch but two touches within a short space of time can really boost the potential for success in in
0: making that communication effective. Because you're you're right, and thank you for sharing that because it's that that connection. Mm -hmm. There's no other connection like the physical touch without having to be this big hugging embrace. Because we all know that not all cultures have that level of proximity with each other on a comfortable level, how you've grown up, the culture of the organization that's being created. And like you say, the fear of a harassment suits but we we also want to do that and that can be something as simple as the touching of the elbow, the, the touching of the chair to the passing of the drink, the passing of, of the tissue if people are laughing in a meeting or whatever. So what do we do? Give us some tips here Raisa. How do we start bringing back this conscious awareness that We require physical touch to connect socially, that we want to have it to boost our immune system and all these wonderful factors that comes with healthy touch. How do we do that? Let's get us started. Well, start with yourself is
1: what I like to say to people. Um, Find ways, especially if you're isolated and you're working on your own and you're spending a good part of your day alone or even living alone, uh, any way that you can bring awareness of touch and movement and stimulation of your skin in the whether it's yoga or going for a brisk walk but more direct um, uh, ways to stimulate your skin or things like dry brushing before your shower using a a dry bristle loofah brush or or loofah to to um to circulate to improve improve circulation and lymphatic flow in your body
0: Um, and it it feels fantastic your skin afterwards Mm -hmm. it's really quite magical that's Great tip, I love that. And
1: even using your shower in the in the shower, um, we all have a tendency, or most of us have a tendency towards the really warm shower, which can, warm baths and warm showers can be very comforting and soothing. So that might be something you'd like, but if, if it's um, the case of wanting to elevate your mood, a surprising uh, therapeutic effect can be obtained through cold showers as well. Even if you yes. can just start with 30 seconds of cold at the end of your shower, <laughs> Riz, you know me that I'm into the cold plunging. I do.
0: Tell us, about, tell us about the cold plunging, because I'm sure some listeners are thinking, why would you plunge yourself into cold? And Riz introduced me to this, and Rice, I don't know whether you're aware of this, but I actually jumped into a cold lake just a week ago, uh, based on your recommendations. And let me tell you, Boy, was it ever cold and, and I might have thrown out a few explosives after jumping it in but it was so invigorating my whole day was energized like and you know and, and I'm, I'm waiting for it to boost my immune system but I could feel it like my my whole body was tingling at but I'd love to hear specifically and then we're not all suggesting that everybody goes and plunges into an ice dip right here and now. No, <laughs> there will be some contradictions There or contraindications <laughs> if you have heart conditions and things like that. Right. But, but tell yeah, us with- what got you into it and what are you finding are the benefits of being with cold water?
1: Well, I grew up in the tradition, the Finnish tradition, having lived in Finland for four years, of taking the traditional Finnish sauna, as they call it, we know as sauna here, uh, and then, and sometimes even rolling in the snow or going outside and briskly rubbing snow on our body. So after we lived for four years in Finland, my my father built a sauna extension onto our home in Canada. And so I had that, um, that introduction myself, and I didn't realize how much I was missing that aspect of the sauna, because I have a far infrared zone in my home, but I was missing that contrast. You know, you can go in and out of uh, the shower, but uh, I really, I, I guess I woke up, I've been wanting to do the polar d- plunge, the New Year's Day polar plunge for years, and there was always an excuse, like, oh, I've got sniffles, or, you know, And but this past New Year's Day was moderately warm for canada on new year's day it was a uh, three degrees celsius and, uh, uh, <laughs> and so and there wasn't any snow in the beach so i thought i'm gonna go for it this year darn it so i joined a group of people who were doing that and it was it was in and out a big yahoo a lot of jogging on the spot and that gave me a this sense of oh just so such um power such uh, empowerment yeah. and since yeah the, the adrenaline rush lasted the whole day um but then then i did it again in a creek in in march and then i did a couple of um facilitated plunges in the middle of the summer in one of those big troughs full of ice water and that was um also facilitated by breath work. So, in the if you've heard of Wim Hof, the Iceman, um, who promotes the idea of cold water plunging, there is a certain way of using your breath to really help get yourself into a more meditative state, and, um, and thus make it very present so there was no movement within the trough it was all just very meditative and just simply an awareness of how this is affecting your body going into a really deep state of meditation focusing on your breath and um, i have to say uh the second time i did it i actually stayed in about 11 minutes and um yeah, and I, I was quite thrown by that. I had no idea I'd be able to last that long, but you truly do reach Just it really gives you just this um, Opportunity to really tune into your body and every little thing happening in it every little change aware of the sensations of cold but also even you know the sensation of being aware of the blood moving in your body and your breath and where it travels in your body and where your mind goes so um, Finding ways so bringing back to where how we can implement touch into our lives. Let's tune into our bodies Let's be more aware of um, Sensations in our bodies even just closing your eyes and doing a mental scan from head to toe and think okay Where am I feeling wrong in my body right now? And where am I feeling right in my body? Where do I feel coolness or heat? Where do I feel darkness or light? Just do that mental scan And then if if you feel that there and you can also approach it from an emotional perspective if you feel that there's a certain emotional state you're you'd like to get out of a funk um, perhaps do a tune in and see where if if this emotion was residing in my body in a particular place where where does it seem to be is it in my stomach is it in my head my shoulders my feet my hands and uh, just intuitively work on that area say you have a lot of tension in your hands if you're the type of person who clenches their fists a lot when you're upset work on opening those hands massaging them if you're spending a lot of time on the keyboard work on massaging your hands which incidentally is a really great way to uh, help you with sleep in the evening too just doing a nice hand massage before bed touching all those receptors because they're like with reflexology there's a map of the body in the hands as well so, um,
0: you can here. tell, right? So you're very, very passionate about this, and this is such a great awareness uh, for me. Thank you for solidifying what we've already talked about and reminding me of these beautiful things we can do to to simulate our bodies and and wake it up because we need to be more present in the moment and really in tune with who we are which is why you do what you do, and please do go and um, check it out hand you can um, read more there but i have one last question for you racy before we wrap up here i already asked you my formal wrap-up question so i'm going to throw you on the spot here what do you think would be useful for them to teach in schools today so that we don't get into our 20s 30s 40s and forget the importance of a healthy touch uh, I would love
1: to see massage being taught in schools. Uh, there have been studies done by a, by a Swedish massage therapist that indicated that teachers who were able to teach children how to do massage on each other, just a gentle back rub, um, uh, or um, with permission, of course, yes. uh, were spent about twenty minutes less per day trying to get the children's attention and it resulted in children who felt more grounded more confident greater self-esteem and were able to to let go of what was at home they were able to be more present let go of the troubles that they might have left behind at home and just truly be present in the classroom because they really had a grounding in feeling good in their bodies
0: yeah yes that's the key isn't it We want to feel good in our bodies and be absolutely present in this beautiful moment that we're gifted because we're just so busy. Let's get stuff done. Let's tick off things from our to do list. Let's get into the next meeting. We need to be more present and I, I'm really happy to hear I have younger children and they're in school and I'm thrilled to hear that they are starting to bring in things like that it's more meditation yoga mindfulness present, being present being brought into the, to the school place but let's do it more if you're hearing this yeah. from the education system bring it in more you've heard it here today do it with is. your children at home <laughs> touch your children yes. at
1: home have yes. massage time you know you don't have to be trained do a massage you can come to me for right. some training but you know just intuitively Ask your children where they'd like to be touched.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's doing that in that healthy way, isn't it? And breaking down these barriers that uh without, you know, with permission, as you said, oh, healthy touch wait. can promote so much. Well, Race, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on today. Thank you so much for these amazing tips. I'm definitely gonna try the, the looking after my hands before a sleep. So who doesn't need um, a good sleep. Thank you. Thank you again. And thank, thank you, you for all listeners for joining us for this episode of Great Work Day, a podcast that's all about gaining more joy and better results in the workplace. And I really hope you've enjoyed the conversation today between myself and myself and that you'll check out how we could possibly help you grow in your career and your confidence, your capabilities, and the skills you need to have the great work day every single day. And to listen to another podcast with us, a great work day, simply subscribe. On our YouTube channel, iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, Google, and Anchor. Bye for now.